Good morning. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast on Monday morning, March 29, 2021. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Gary. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I like that uh, that start right before we actually went on air, which was, and I quote, is the microphone supposed to be on? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> we were talking and talking, and finally we decided, wait, it's 10, 12. We should do this thing. Yep. And we never said, are our mics on? Are yep. we good to go? We did we not. We didn't check that. So here's did not what do we're going to do. We're going to roll with it. There we go. Welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, where we roll with it. Mm-hmm. Here at the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, we talk about stuff. Yes. And in the middle of talking about stuff, we will update you on some of the life of living water where we both happen to work. Mm-hmm. We will tell you about what we have been preaching about, what we're going to preach about. We will also point everything back to Jesus Christ. Does that sound right, Jesse? That sounds exactly right. If you get a deeper knowledge of Christ through this, then, well, we have done what we are called to do, and it uh, and it's our prayer that the good Lord does indeed speak to you. So, Amen. Yep. And I also like to point out that we have our uniforms on yeah. today, uh, the black sweatshirt. <laughs> we called each other, planned ahead. And... It, what the, the best part about it, though, <sighs> the best part about it, though, is that uh, we could swap sweatshirts and you would be drowning in mine. And I, I would know, be man. like, why does Gary, why is he so slim? I'm so not, uh, I'm that's fat. That's not very true. And also, like, we could go down this road for a long time. Let's commiserate the fact that COVID-20 is real. Man. Like, you gain the 20 pounds or whatever. Man. Um, all the shirts are tight. All the jeans are a little bit more slim. Uh, slim jeans are a thing, even if you don't buy slim jeans. Like they look like they're there's, made to be tight. The, people always ask me why I wear shorts, and the short answer is, have you ever seen me in slim jeans? I look like an upside-down triangle. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> awful. It's like, nope, not doing any of that. You ever you seen know? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? I have not, no. It's a animated movie. It's really funny. Yep. And there's one... Uh, helper guy, he's a little bit huskier. His name is Brent, I think. Yep. And he puts a pair of the main guy's jeans on, and he says, why are these, or do these slim jeans make me look good? Uh, Brent, those aren't slim jeans. Those are regulars, and you're just a little chunkier. So uh, here great. we are in our chunky world. Yep. We still live. We still go forward. Well, the thing, too, is that it's not just the COVID-20. It's the fact that uh, that the COVID-20 seems to be continuing. I mean, right. It's just, all it, of a sudden, it becomes the COVID-30. Yeah, right? And all of a sudden, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, hold on. And then, of course, I quit smoking last April. So oh, it's been help. Oh, man. It's been almost a year since I've had a cigarette. And nice. And, uh, of course, your appetite goes through the roof. So, no joke, in the last uh, 11 months, I have gained 40 pounds. Nice. Just, and it ain't muscle. Nice. So, yeah, COVID's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's tough. Hey, so. we'll get through this, too. It'll it'll come back off at some I, point. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, how up to date are you on Seinfeld? Is that like one of your favorite shows or not? I have not watched Seinfeld in years. Okay. I, but would you list it as 
like one of the best, or would you kind of put it mid range? What would you say? Seinfeld I enjoy is Seinfeld, but it, I'm not, it's not like one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, see, but. I thought you were going to be of that uh, uh, no. of that camp, the people that believe that it's the best show ever. Because the reason I say it is because I was. Uh, this morning, getting ready for you, uh, waiting to get going, I was looking at some Seinfeld trivia, huh. and I thought, that's got to be up Jesse's alley. What's that's one of the questions? You want to hear one of the questions yeah. and just see where it goes? Yeah. Um, what's the first and the last thing that the group of friends discusses during uh, the pilot? They're talking about a button. You are correct, sir. Yep, talking see, about a button. you are a true fan. Yep. You got this. Yep. What's the name of the coffee shop? Where Jerry and his friends spend a lot of time. Oh, um, it's uh, on the corner with the red letters. Uh, can't remember. What is it? It is Monk's, Monk's Cafe. Cafe. Yep. Monk's yep. Cafe. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the clown played by the guest star, John Favreau? Oh, that one I don't know. Did you know he was in it? I, I didn't even know no that. I no idea. I missed that one also. Huh. Uh, his name was Eric. 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 Okay. How about which main cast member does not appear in the pilot? Um, Elaine. You're our correct, sir. Yep. She was not the pilot. She, uh, I was reading about this one a little bit. The uh, uh, waitress at Monk's Cafe was going to be the female uh, main character or whatever. And really? It didn't turn out that way. Really? How about that? Did not know that. Right? Interesting. Pretty fun, right? <laughs> Interesting. Um, now... If we're not going to talk about Seinfeld any longer, if we're not going to have you uh, say that that's one of your favorite, mm-hmm. what sitcom is? Like, if you're going to rate your sitcoms, if you're going to put it on Netflix, Hulu, whatever you're watching, is there a Man. sitcom that's a go-to for you? I, the, is it The Office? It, I love The Office, and I love Parks and Rec. Those yeah. would be the two. I love, I could tell you pretty much anything about The Office or Parks and Rec. I think... Doesn't it seem so? Seinfeld was '90s, right? Yeah. Um, the Office, Parks and Rec, a little more 2000s ish. Yep. Uh, it seems like you can kind of, uh, with a broad paintbrush, put people into a category. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're either an Office person, uh, yep. the Waking or the, the Waking, the, the Walking, walking Dead. dead. Yep. Uh, that's a little bit more like you kind of like the intense, the yep. all that kind of stuff. I would throw like. Uh, lovey-dovey rom-com kind of uh sandra watches this one called heartland dude something on uh netflix that's a little more rom-com what is the deal with this heartland show did you hear about it you've heard about there are so many people who are like it is just adorable and i'm like you are kidding me i see this is like a five season hallmark movie oh no it's like eight eight thousand seasons it's like Never gonna end. Uh, That's uh, what is impressive to me. All my female friends are like, "You have to watch it," and I'm like, "We've met, right? You know me. There is nothing in my DNA that makes me want to watch right. Heartland." So, so I, we're not gonna put you in that category. No, no. So you got some like main ones like Coke and Pepsi. Like you're gonna find the people that like that. Yeah. But I feel like there's a few kind of stragglers if you will like a root beer guy or RC Mountain Dew. yeah you know like yep. you kind of got your main yep. ends but then there's a few along the way that kind of oh, i'm a more of a this kind of person mm-hmm. and here's what i want to propose smallville 
Hey, I liked Smallville. Right? It, like, it just kind of, it's almost a teen drama. It's kind of a superhero. It's kind of an action. Yep. Like, there's just a, it's like its own thing. Yeah. And yeah. the reason I say that is because we're watching it like crazy. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know how we got into this exactly. I think it was one of the few that, like, oh, like, an adult can watch it and my 14-year-old teenager can kind yep. of, There's a couple parts where I'm like, yeah, I don't watch that. But yep. for the most part, it's a show that we can watch. It's it's the, it's the like your typical CW show. Right. It's right. just very... A lot of that CW stuff. Yeah, very middle maybe of the that road. that could be its own category, yeah, too. Like that C- and Arrow the and Flash, all, the Flash yep. and all them. Like, they, they're just kind they're of the exciting same. enough that, yeah, yeah I, can, I can get behind this. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, I can understand how that would be like the RC Cola of television. Yeah. Like, it's kind of there <laughs> that no one really likes it. Oh, but I like forgot it's, that was there. I forgot it was right? there, but when you see it, you're like, I got to try that. Right. You know, because right. it's been so long. I agree. So, I, yeah, I think the C, we, that's a good approximation. The CW, the CW is, the RC, is Cola the RC Cola of TV shows. That makes sense to me. There we go. Um, now that we've solved that, now that we understand that <laughs> we have pop and TV show analogy there, yep. Yep. I want to remind you. That the Gary and Jesse talk about stuff is full of rabbit trails and interesting conversations. Mm -hmm. And so bear with us because what's going to happen here is at some point, I'm sure it will take place. We'll talk about something theological. And our hope is that you grow closer to Christ through that theological discussion because we believe everything has something to do with Jesus. There's a little glimpse. There's a little nugget somewhere in there. You're going to find something. And yeah. what we use as sort of uh, benchmarks or road signs as we go through the podcast, we usually do it for about an hour, 45 minutes, somewhere in there. And we start with kind of just whatever, uh, whatever comes to Jesse in my minds. Uh, we also sort of use a benchmark of what did you preach on? What are you going to preach on? And then we also kind of say, here's the schedule for what's coming up. Mm-hmm. And the incredibly interesting thing that we can spend a lot of time on today is this is Holy Week. Yeah. Uh, Holy Week. What? First off, just let's talk about what is it? Uh, what do? What does it mean when I say Holy Week, Jesse? Yeah, it's the week where we celebrate uh, Sunday to Sunday, Palm Sunday, where Jesus came in riding on a donkey as a victor, um, and then, of course, only to be crucified, died, and then resurrected on Easter. Right. Right. Uh, it's Holy Week because we remember the sacrifice of Christ. We remember the passion, uh, things that he did. I like to point out during Holy Week every single year that, at least this is my own interpretation, what makes it holy for me is when he came in on Palm Sunday, everyone expected him to come in as a king. In other words, he was going to overthrow the Roman government finally and prop up you know, the great nation of Israel as God's chosen people. In other words, he was going to restore the earthly kingdom. Right. What Jesus actually did is restore the heavenly uh, kingdom to the point that he earned for us eternal life. Mm-hmm. So what they were celebrating wasn't correct, but what they were celebrating was um, minuscule compared to what he would actually mm-hmm. conquer. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it holy for me, just the amount of things that actually happened right uh, in that week the amount of um, expectations that he threw off and built up bigger expectations by right. his death and resurrection i think you hit on a big word there we in fact talked about this yesterday a little bit i told you that uh the word expectations came to my mind several different times where we had to 
really talk about what did Jesus uh, see or hear as expectations? What were the people around him holding up? And what did he actually do? Because I reminded us, um, you can fill this in a little bit better. Uh, You're more historical uh, than I am. But Israel had been through a really long roller coaster. Oh, yeah. They had seen captivity. They had been freed. They had their kings that they wanted. And then they disobeyed. And they got Mm -hmm. taken captive again. And then they had judges. And they had these people who were supposed to deliver them. And Mm -hmm. then it kind of went downhill, downhill, downhill. Then they split. And had two kingdoms, and it was just a royal mess. Yeah. All of it was messy. And somewhere in the midst of that, they are under the rule of this Roman government. Yeah. And they're looking for someone, some person, some king to come in, just guns a blazing, like yeah. swing the sword, uh, free us from all of this stuff. And that was a huge expectation that I, from what I understand, Jesus had laid on him yeah. because of the sort of public relations campaign, right? Like, yeah. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but as he, uh, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, as we celebrate triumphal entry, that triumphal entry is into the quote unquote main kingdom, the main town, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And he comes into this place where people are just gathered and expecting him to sort of get started. Yeah. Because they've heard about him. He's been doing some stuff. They've mm-hmm. heard that he does miracles. They've heard that he uh, throws things back in people's face, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. the Pharisees will say this and he'll say that. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of seeing like, oh, this is a little bit of a rebellious guy. This is a guy that's not like we've seen before. Yeah. Uh, isn't that why he gets like confused? Yeah. Like, oh, are you the prophet Elijah? Because remember, oh, yeah. Elijah spoke against... Uh, I forget her name, the bad queen, yeah. right? He yeah, spoke Jezebel. against all of these uh, establishments. And so was that some of the setup that they expected from Jesus? Absolutely. I mean, we have to remember that Jesus is not a uh, is not outside of history. Right. And at, to the point where Jesus came um, and died on the cross, it had been 750 years since Israel, give or take, was its own nation state, right? right? And right. before then, it was hundreds of years before it was a united nation state because it had split between the northern and southern kingdoms. Right. And so in 722, the Assyrians come, the northern kingdoms are wiped out, or the northern tribes are wiped out. And then fast forward to 597, where it's only the southern kingdom is a client state of Assyria, and then the Babylonians come and take them over. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward a couple of years, and then all of a sudden the Persians come and take them over. And then after the Persians, it was, you know, the Maccabean revolts mm-hmm. against, and then the Romans, their empire grew. In other words, for three-fourths of a millennia, the Israelites had been clamoring for their own kingdom right. to rise back up again to where God told them that it would. And let me interrupt you if you're okay with no, that. No, yeah, go like, ahead. So we're, we're not talking the same people, obviously, three, four, or 500 years, but isn't there something growing in how they would tell their kids or how they would tell their grandkids the stories like, just think of the stories that you tell your kids, that you tell your friends, that you tell your grandkids, if you have grandkids. Like, you tell about a time when, oh, like, this was so good, or that was so hard. Yeah. And it's always, 
exaggerated, right? So like the fish grew. It was it was this big, and Grandpa said it was actually this big. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So some of that like. It's going to get exaggerated. It's going to get built. Like, it's going to be a generation-to-generation story. Like, oh, man, we had it so good. Like, you remember the times when we would walk around with Moses as our leader? Wasn't that great? That was so good. Remember remember when Jeroboam was king? How awesome was that? And really, it wasn't. But, you know, embellishment is one aspect of truth. It's when truth gets blown out of proportion. And so this is building this whole time. Like... And we have this promise. Remember, God told us that he's going to restore his kingdom. You remember yeah. that we're his chosen people. And this is building and building after generation after generation. For, for 750 years. Right. America's been around for almost 250, and we think we're ancient. Isn't we, that crazy are, to think that way? Right? We are rookies right. in world history. Here. Right. Um, but we've been around for 250 years, and we tell stories about how we kick the crap out of the Redcoats in the Revolutionary War. Oh, yeah. And in reality, if we look at history, we really got blessed um, with a series of bad generals on the British part with support from the French, and really only 3%, 30% of Americans wanted to separate at the time. Right. And those were the landowners and the aristocrats. Right. But we look at it through rose-tinted glasses. Oh, for sure, because hindsight is twenty twenty and all that stuff, right? Exactly. So imagine what it was like for 750 years, and not just fighting for a nation, but fighting for God's nation. Right. And so all of this, having been under the thumb of another empire, having the lens of rose-tinted history, knowing that you're God's people, and he promised you some deliverance. All of this went into, all of a sudden, there's this guy who reminds them of Elijah, who performs miracles like their ancient prophets did, who speaks with authority and no scripture, who's a rabbi, and he claims himself to be a king to overthrow the system. Of course they're going to sit there and go, he's going to take up his sword and he's going to kick the crap out of the Roman government. Right. And we are going to have our Israel as a nation state again. They weren't thinking about, you know, the spiritual ramifications. They wanted the nation of Israel back. For sure, right? So, and, and I like to picture this. I hope it was this way. Uh, coming into Jerusalem, uh, the triumphal entry, I'm hoping it was like he's coming over a hill. And the people are all gathered in this valley or something like that. And he comes over the hill. And I did it yesterday where I'm trying to get excited. Like, he's coming. This this expectation. Like, he's going to overthrow. And here he comes. And he's on a donkey. Yeah. yeah. Like, just, like, <clears throat> I wonder what immediately went through some of that group's head. Like, wait, what? Like, why are you on a donkey? And it's so crazy how they couldn't read into that. I think they might right. have, must have been so filled with fervor because, historically speaking, um, a horse was a, was a saddle warrior. of war. Right, right. The donkey was the peace. Right. You, you rode right. a donkey when you signed peace treaties. Mm-hmm. And so when he came in on a donkey, that should have been the first clue that, hey, this guy isn't going to be violent There's here. something different yeah. about this one. And so then they wave the palm branches, and they, uh, which is its own thing, right? Like, there's so, many, so much symbolism in all of these things. Uh, they yell the word Hosanna, which is king, right? Like, he's our king, he's our king. Um, triumphal entry, just the word, they're triumphing. They believe that there's a win there, all of that kind of stuff. So blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Um, then we go through Monday. Historically, that's uh, 
clear the temple. Yep. Uh, so he comes in and overthrows, uh, casting out the money changers, uh, overturns tables is what I was going to say there. But yep. uh, historically, that's the idea that uh, when he's in Jerusalem, he's walking around and he's seeing that they're misusing yeah. uh, what they originally intended the temple for, right? Which is my second favorite verse in the entire Bible. Well, not verse, but section in the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. Jesus sits down and fashions a whip. Right. Uh, he doesn't just find a whip. He actually takes the time to make one. Mm. You know, There's and something it, there, right? Because yep. he very carefully, meticulously, like, I'm going to overthrow this table. And yep. I've heard it said this way a bunch of times, like, is that anger? Um, is that a righteous anger? Obviously, we confess, uh, we profess that Jesus has not sinned. And so him being upset, if you will, uh, him throwing over this table was not a sin. Yeah. And we hear later on, and I think it's uh, Peter's letter or something like that, don't let uh, uh, your righteous anger or don't let the sun go down on it, something like that, right? Yep. And, and don't sin in your anger, I think is what it said. Right, and, and even in Jesus' anger, it's for the purpose of correction. There's a lot that mm-hmm. goes into, hey, he spent a couple hours making a whip. It wasn't just a spur of the moment, like, I'm angry. And right, I'm gonna, right. You know, it was it was the Lord calculating how it to correct. It was calculating, right? And yep. so using a uh, fervor, if you will, yep. that kind of idea. Yep. Uh, what's on? This one says, Tuesday, he goes to the Mount of Olives. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought we had it set up. We were just actually talking before we got going that we did a uh, series on the days of yeah. the week. Had to be two years ago, wasn't it? It was two years ago. Well, yeah. Not three. Uh, last year was a different kind of Easter. Which reminds me, as you're looking for that, can you imagine that this at this time last year, it was the second First or second week that we did not have services. Isn't that something? Almost exactly to this day. I was actually, as I was looking through the schedule and who was preaching, who was preaching, there was two or three weeks of just blank in there. Yeah. And I was like, what happened there? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yep. yeah. Forgot about that. Oh, 2020. That was, that was and still continues to be a year. That was something, huh? That, that was something. So... so when we did the series, we did week one was triumphal entry, uh-huh. uh, week two, cleaning the temple. That's yep. Tuesday. Uh, we went with Jesus anointed on Wednesday. Gotcha. And no, that is that is the Tuesday, Jesus anointed, because triumphal entry was Sunday. Oh, yeah, you're right. So yep. Monday, Tuesday. Oh, so then what was I saying? So Monday would be triumphal entry, or excuse me, or Sunday, Sunday would be triumphal entry. entry. Yep. Monday is clean the temple. Yep. And Tuesday would be anointed. That's correct. And this one, uh, this is learnreligion.com, gives Tuesday Jesus going to the Mount of Olives. Yep. uh, Passing the withered fig tree. Yep. And we don't know, like, a whole bunch of this is supposed, right? Like, which happened when, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, But later that afternoon, it says he left the city and went with his disciples to the Mount of Olives. And kind of overlooked Jerusalem. Yep. So somewhere in there, uh, there is the uh, cursing the fig tree. Somewhere in there, there is the anointing. Because mm-hmm. uh, he sits and has his feet anointed and the woman washes with her hair, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so then that's on a Tuesday. 
What about Holy Wednesday? So Wednesday is kind of given a lot of emphasis. Mm. It doesn't say specifically. This one says there's nothing specific about what he did, but scholars will speculate that Jesus and his disciples spent the day resting. Yep. Just kind of a cool it day a little bit. I mean, if you uh, if you were about to face death, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. You well, know, honestly, yeah, get right? prepared. What did so. we do? We did the plot against Jesus. Yeah. So Luke 22. Which um, is true. I mean. Was probably hyping up by that point, right? Where uh, um, Judas made his official, like, yep, we're going to do this thing. Yep. Uh, that was probably a good focus for Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, we get to Passover and Last Supper on yep. Monday, Thursday. And I wanted to spend some time talking about this. Like, let's define uh, the word Monday because somebody actually told me about it last week, and I think I had done some study on this before, but the word means command. Yeah. Uh, so historically, that's the day where we look at this commandment to have the Last Supper, right? Mm -hmm. And so that becomes a very somber, uh, hey, it's about to happen. This is our last time together. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's... Maundy Thursday is an interesting day because it is the start of three days of, of effectively torture. Right, right. Um, Maundy Thursday is special not only because it's the Last Supper, not only because it's the supper where Jesus says to Judas, all right, go do what you have to do. Um, it's special because that was the start, both spiritually, maybe not physically, but spiritually and emotionally, of Jesus beginning to suffer. Mm -hmm. And that's why we start on, that's why we have Thursday services. Right. Right? Even though he may have been crucified on Thursday or Friday, this is when the whole process began. Right. So, so I got stuck on this for a little bit, and let's dwell on this. So in the Apostles' Creed, we say on the third day he rose again from the dead. Yeah. If you were to really push, you'd be like, wait, I thought crucifixion was on Friday. Right. So then Friday, Saturday doesn't work. Right. But it kind of does because what we would consider is the process began on Thursday, and they went out from there. This had to be sometime at night, you would assume. Yeah. And that's when the guards start coming to him, right? And so probably like early Friday morning, the process of being persecuted and, and beaten starts, you think? That's my assumption, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so then Friday, the crucifixion happens Maybe at some point during the day, you think? That's my guess. Um, I mean, you know, Scripture says from the, the from the at the sixth hour everything went dark. Right, the sixth right. hour is noon. So right, so somewhere around noon, probably. And it lasted for three hours. You know, right. from six to nine, I think it says. And so you get three o'clock in the afternoon, and then there wasn't probably much time after that where the tearing of the the cloak happened or the tearing right. of the curtain right. happened, and then you know, sometime early evening. So right. if you go. You know, on the third day he rose again, so Friday died, Saturday, Sunday, it's still true. Right, right, right. You know, yep. so, yeah. And and I like what you said there, like, just to spend some time thinking about this, like, you know, so much emphasis put on the physical beating, on the physical torture, on what was happening to his body, and rightfully so. We understand how taxing this was on his body. Yeah. But even... uh the mental anguish had to begin on the supper 
it had to really set in that, hey, this is it. Yeah. Uh, this is the climax. This is where the beginning of this process is really getting going. Yep. And there's a mental uh, persecution. There's a emotional stress that he's got to be feeling with this supper as he sits around these people that he knows are going to run away right. and leave him alone. And that goes back to that whole isolation thing about how incredibly hard that isolation thing can yeah. be, right? No, no, you're exactly it. I mean, his he he's he's God and man, right? And so, and so the feelings are there. Gosh, can you right? have the emotion of just knowing that you're gonna be tortured for 24 hours with the sins of the world upon you and knowing that everyone's going to abandon you and being God, having the foresight and, you know, predestined these events to happen. Right. That could not have been easy. And I know that's the most underused, like that's the most terrible way I can put it, but that's got, but it's heavy, right? I think that's the big deal. It's heavy. Yeah. Um, Very heavy. Saturday is silence, right? Yeah. Like so nothing gets said. Uh he spends the day in the tomb and then Sunday of course resurrection empty tomb. Yeah. Uh it's where we celebrate the culmination. Uh I've heard it said a bunch of times is sort of the church. It's it's the big one. It's the one that we uh center everything on because without that empty tomb None yeah. of this is possible, right? Yeah. None of the celebration is possible. Yep, yeah, exactly. And so I kind of wanted to walk through uh, that day or the that week so that we understand Holy Week and so that we can kind of talk about what we're doing at Living Water to help prepare, uh, to help get ready for Easter, uh, to help center you on what Christ has done, is doing, and is going to do. So I had this laid on my heart. Um, This is just kind of an ongoing thing that will be happening. Uh, Just a little two-minute read through one of those passages or maybe commentary that I'm going to do just day by day to kind of like, hey, here's Monday. Here's what we want to be thinking. So look for that sometime afternoon, whatever. Uh, I'll use our YouTube channel or the Facebook page to do that. Um, but it's really going to ramp up even more so as we get towards that midweek, towards Wednesday. So yeah. what historically is called Holy Wednesday, uh, we're going to offer this this year, uh, the ability to watch the Passion of the Christ movie. We got the rights that we need to and all that kind of stuff so that we can show it publicly. Uh, we're going to show that in the Orange City campus. And if you haven't seen that one, it's very, very intense. Yeah. Uh, it walks through some very, very emotional scenes. And they do the best they can, I feel like. It was, what, a dozen years ago already. Yeah. Um, and it was a big, huge project by uh, Mel Gibson when he was kind of uh, doing the producing thing or whatever. And there's all kinds of fallacies that you can tell me about, like they did this wrong, that wrong. He himself is uh, doing this wrong, that wrong. That's understandable and i completely agree and i would say they do a pretty good job yeah uh, sticking to as biblically as they can uh showing the emotional heaviness of it Uh, a lot of dark scenes a lot of downward trend light all that kind of stuff yeah um so we're gonna have that option on wednesday if you haven't seen that one come and watch it on wednesday there's a couple of things in regards to that first of all quick step back i think when we talked about um 
Jesus entering. I'm, I don't know why I put Sunday. I meant to say Saturday because that was the holy day, so he probably would have entered into oh, Jerusalem gotcha. on a Saturday. Right, right, right. I don't know why it's Sunday on the brain. So it was Saturday. Well, anyway, I think historically, his, yeah, they call it They Palm call Sunday it Sunday yeah. but because, you know, our Sabbath day switched. But right. anyway, um, just wanted to correct that. And secondly, in regards to the uh, in regards to the Passion, there are always going to be things you can pick out. Oh, you yeah. can pick out right. the fact that Jim Caviezel is a white guy and Jesus was probably not white. Right. You can pick right. out the fact... That you know, the in the movie, the producers decided to show the devil a couple right, of times. Right. The, there's things you can pick out, but the the point being that this is a really good, quote unquote, fictional account of mm-hmm. what happened. Right. And the power of it is still there. So yeah, we could nitpick, and it's obviously it's not scripture. Right. But it's. It's powerful. It's right. a powerful movie. It gets you into the mindset of just what he went through. And I think so. that's what we're going for, right? Get you into that mindset. Uh, get you into the let, let's push pause on everything else going on in your life. Yeah. And focus on Christ for that moment, for that time. Right. Exactly. Uh, so that's going to be on a Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, we're going to have Monday, Thursday service at Sheldon. Yep. And that's that command service. And and you had told me a little bit. Really going to walk through the story, right? And going to yeah. lead through what was taking place? I think it's, yeah, exactly. I think it's important to remind ourselves of exactly the steps of what happened to the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start um, basically with Jesus' betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after Jesus' betrayal, we're going to go through the Last Supper and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And uh, it's going to be difficult. Uh, It's going to be a somber service. It's going to have, you know, a couple of songs, but it's not going to be rejoicing because, you know, this is the death of our Savior. So we're going to go through scripturally exactly the steps until we end with with Jesus' death and then spend three days looking forward to his resurrection Mm -hmm. on Easter Sunday. And we're going to do a lot the same on Friday, Um, really, as, as... if you can add anything on, uh, Thursday really gets you to that Last Supper. Yeah. Friday, I think we're going to, um, you've been doing this at Sheldon Campus, but we're going to spend some time on what did he say on the cross, like when he was hanging there, uh, what was happening, that kind of thing. So kind of in a timeline way, walk through some of that and then try our best to um, get into that emotional response to get to that deepness uh i've said it this way and i hope this is uh not crass or anything but it's a funeral it yeah. really is yeah um thursday and friday because we're looking at the death of our uh of our savior we're looking at how as a man he went through this pain he went through this death and so it'll be somber on both ends i think both sides are going to be uh kind of on that same vein right uh, it, absolutely i think it's interesting to remind ourselves that for those those couple of days those three days whatever um it was the first time in human history that the world could not look forward to a savior and mm-hmm. it was the only time in human history where the world couldn't look back on having a savior present that's really interesting right? um i right. mean the lord was obviously still with his people he still reigned over everything the promise of the resurrection was still there but mm-hmm. for those 2 3 days um there was no savior present right uh, you know at least in earthly body right because you know he was uh, he was in hell so that's it's Intense to think about if right. you dive into that deeply. So. Well, and that even leads into what was Saturday. Uh, yeah. The plan is to have it just be silent, right? Um, 
I, I don't know if you were going to do this on Thursday, but we were kind of tossing this idea around on Friday. I grew up with uh, the tradition of you exit in silence. Leave in uh, silence. Being very, very quiet, yep. uh, not having a coffee afterwards or anything like that because there's a reality to we don't get to talk. Uh, we don't, we're, we're held back from something. In some ways, I think 2020 even speaks to this, right? Like we were held back from celebrating we were held back from getting together for easter and so that saturday feel is going to be very very real i think like there's a waiting expectation yeah and i wanted to pick your brain on this a little bit uh obviously the disciples were surprised yeah when he rose again yeah even though he had been telling them this is what was going to happen yep they were still surprised so we have the benefit of uh, hindsight. We have the benefit of hindsight being 2020. Like, oh, like I know Sunday is coming. So I can go through Good Friday. I can go through a silent Saturday because I know it's going to quote unquote get better. Yeah. yeah. They didn't know, right? Exactly. Or at, at least they didn't comprehend. That's a, that's a good way. That's a good, I like that Maybe word. That's that, right. That's right. the, I think that's appropriate. They didn't comprehend what was going to happen. Right. Uh, so for them, I mean, it had to not because of Jesus part, but because of their lack of understanding, it had to be difficult because for three years you walk around with this guy who proclaims to be the Messiah and then he's gone. And then it's over. Then it's over. It's just, just over. Right. And so they must have been in their own personal hell, especially if you're Peter, who is basically said, I don't know that guy, you know? And then to carry around that guilt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just heavy, has to be heavy. And I've I think we've talked about this before. Um what's really interesting to me, what do they go back to? Um uh, yeah. what do they do? They sort of go back to their default. Yeah. Like we read that a couple of the disciples at least went out and went fishing. Yep, exactly. Well, I don't know what, I don't else, know what to else to do. do. I guess we'll yeah. just go back to what we were doing. Like yeah. it's almost like um this again, forgive me for uh, jumping to analogies, but you remember how mad you were about Star Wars, like this, uh, the Ray. Oh yeah, the last. Yeah, Jedi there's Earth. there isn't much I say hate about, but I hated that. Like yes. part of what upset people was at the beginning, we see her on which planet? Like uh, when the Return of the Jedi. Happens. Oh yeah, you're on uh, um, Endor or whatever. Yeah, I was you're on say End- Tatooine, but that's not right. Is Tatooine's it? a desert planet. Right, but wherever um, she is, she's like, on she's, the forest moon of Endor. So she's so. just there, yeah. right? And she's finding, she's picking scraps and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then like three movies happen yeah. and. All of this stuff takes place. You're right. She was on Tatooine. Was it? Yep. You're right. Good call. Nailed um, it. Can we please mark that, that yep. Gary was right about something in Star Wars and yeah. guess he wasn't? <laughs> right. That's yep. historical. I right thought we were talking about the last movie, but no, the first movie. Yep, you're right. But the yep. idea is that like she starts here, and then a bunch of stuff happens. She finds out who her parents are. She finds out this. She finds out that. Yeah. At the end of her trilogy, she ends up in the exact same place. Exactly. And... People are upset about the fact that, like, well, there was no character arc. None. There wasn't, like, she accomplished this, so she ended up in a different place, and da-da-da-da-da. My analogy here is it's kind of like the disciples, I think. Like, they got found uh, fishing, and Jesus said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers men. They leave that, and then at the end of the story, what do they do? They just go back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And my argument would be... Like, they 
didn't forget all of the three years that they had learned stuff. They come back different. Ray comes back different. Mm -hmm. And it was, quote unquote, worth it because they had learned, they had experienced, they had done all of these things. And so I don't want to rag on them too badly for going back to fishing because, well, we kind of pushed pause on the fishing and we went and did this and now we go back to this and we do it differently, right? We do it better, you hope. In times of crisis... Everybody reverts back to their base. To the default, right? To the default. And the default was Jesus for three years ago, he said, guess what? Drop your fish, become fishers of men, and right. follow me. Right. And so they did, like overnight. Andrew and all them, they just said, okay, we're doing just this. Just go, right? Just go. They just went. And so when all that disappeared and there seemed to be no hope because, again, they didn't understand what Jesus was actually saying, mm-hmm. uh, there seemed to be no hope. So what do you do? You go back, you got to eat, you got to provide, you got to live a life. So right. you go back to what what you know right you know and I, then they get found again right and, and jesus stands on the shore and cast your nets over to the other side yeah which that could be like a whole sermon right there like he he tells them to do what they were doing differently yeah exactly like he doesn't say you idiots why would you go back to fishing right he says you guys you got to edit what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, we go through uh, the wait here and Pentecost and everything that comes after that. It's a beautiful story afterwards yep. as well. Yep. But I just think there's something to be said for how they go back to this boat and how Christ even rescues them from that again and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's, that's it, all Saturday, really, right? Yep, exactly. And, and then, so then, of course, that gets us into Sunday Yep. Uh, to celebrate Easter. The plan is to do communion, Lord willing, at both campuses. Um, hopefully it's like a blow your mind, like just... Mm-hmm. Because that celebration of communion is something that we've all been waiting for for a long time. Yeah. Here's hoping, should I spoil alert a little bit here? Yeah, go for it. Here's hoping that we're not going to be using those little uh, wafer cups that you got to peel the thing off of. Here's hoping. We're trying. (laughs) We're we're working on ways to not do that and safely and stay um, not spreading and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But the idea being, like, we've waited a long time. Yeah. That's even naive to say. We've waited a year. Right. No, like... I want you to take the analogy of that. Like, the disciples waited a long time to see Jesus again. Uh, The earth itself was groaning because it had been waiting for so long. The Israelites waited for 750 years. We can wait a year uh, to actually eat real bread. Right. Um, But the idea being there's a culmination there. There's a celebration there. Yep, exactly. The, The thing we have to remember in the midst of all of this is... Communion, for some reason, is always regarded as a somber event, mm. and communion should not be that. It, I mean, there are times where it can that, be. Right? Yeah, it shouldn't be just that because the language both of us use, I believe, and and we do this in all denominations, is we celebrate not just the death of our savior but we celebrate the resurrection and ascension of our living savior right or something to that effect right and communion is not just about his death because if all jesus did was die um the victory would not have been secured right because everyone dies 
But the fact that he was resurrected and ascended in earthly body, that's the part that gives us hope right. for the eternal and the assurance of his power. Right. And so the communion on Easter Sunday isn't about the death. It's we celebrate the 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 body and blood of our risen and ascended Lord. Amen. That's the beautiful part. Yep. So and Damon was telling me this, our worship coordinator, he had done some studying on just typically historically the the terminology that it's used to describe yeah because uh, you can call it lord's supper you can call it eucharist you can call it communion yeah and each one of those has just a little bit of a connotation to it right yeah. and you're right like why is it or where is it maybe it's just human nature like we tend to kind of be downhearted in communion like mm -hmm. remembering death yeah but there's a celebration side to it. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's on me. Maybe it's on us for not pushing that harder. But as we celebrate, we're declaring a new covenant. Yeah. Or reminding ourselves of a new covenant of the fact that Christ fulfilled the covenant for us. Exactly. And we're celebrating that that cross is empty, that that uh, tomb is empty, that the grave did not defeat him. Mm -hmm. Like, let's hopefully have Sunday be a huge celebration yeah, and just be a victory, right? Yep. And to see what comes after that is going to be the fun. Right? And that's and that's what both of us are going to be celebrating at Amen. 10 on Sunday. Yep. So, you know, join us for worship. It should be a great time in which we get to proclaim the name of Christ, uh, our risen Savior. Right. So there we go. So we really covered quite a bit there of what we're going to be preaching about, of what we're going to be uh, celebrating, yep. what Thursday will look like, what Friday will look like. Uh, even what Wednesday uh, looks like as well, if you can join us for that movie. But yep. whatever the case may be, however it works for you, my encouragement, find some way to specifically interact with what we historically call Holy Week. Yeah. Uh, to have it be meaningful for you, for your family. Um, I, I don't mean to say it this way, but worst case scenario um, just spend five minutes reading through one of those passages that we just mentioned. Like, yeah. just spend some amount of time interacting with Scripture, interacting with what happened during this week. Does that sound right? That sounds exactly right. It's it's a great time. If you're not already in Scripture, it's a great time to get into Scripture also. Right, because right. Start a little week-long program where you yep. just read through John yep. or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, there's just great descriptions in each one of those Gospels. It's a fascinating story. Yep. So. Um, what does Michael pretend to fire Pam over in season one? Um, oh, gosh. Uh, so. Uh, I think it's like the first see. episode, it, isn't it? It is. I think it's, is it sealing the post-it notes? You are correct, sir. There we go. Yep. Nice. What is Pam's favorite flavor of yogurt? Mixed berry. Is that right? I'm supposed to click on yeah, it it's to mixed find berry. out if it's true. I guarantee it's mixed berry. It is mixed berry. Yep. A foreign exchange student lived with Michael when he was young. What did the foreign exchange student take from Michael back to what was formerly Yugoslavia? He stole all of his pants, more specifically his blue jeans. <laughs> and then the little quote that they give Michael saying, that's what Ryan is like, a fake yeah. brother who steals your jeans. <laughs> Oh, classic. I love The Office, oh, the office so much. Yep. Uh, Did I get all three of those? 
Yeah, you were nice. You were three for three, right there. Nice. Way Is there more? You want to do more? I, I want to see how many. I, I want to see how many I could get. We're probably pretty much done. Aren't yeah, we? so we're if pretty you much tune done. Out, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, finish this quote from Dwight when he was asking Michael questions after being offered the spare room in Michael's new condo. <laughs> Question: My grandparents left me a large number of what? Uh, are um. Armoires. Yeah, I think it's armoires. Yeah. So the question or the options were dressers, couches, or armoires. Yeah, armoires. Armoire. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, Phyllis's maiden name? Lappin. Phyllis Lappin Vance. I did not know that one. Yep. That's pretty good. Yep. What does Michael ask Pam to spread on his foot that he burned butter. on the George Foreman spread grill? Butter on my That's foot. Butter. Country. I have country crock. It's totally butter. <laughs> Absolutely. What a good show. Oh, I love that show. All right. So join us sometime this week, however you can. We're going to just put a buffet of options out here for you. Yep. Um, whatever you can do to interact with the scripture, whatever you can do to interact with living water, uh, do your best. And make sure that you... I was going to highlight this also. Uh, go to forallwhothirst.com. Uh, that's kind of become our hub mm -hmm. for how to get to the announcements on Facebook, for how to find the past streamed services, how to find uh, previous episodes of this podcast. All of that is on forallwhothirst.com. Don't forget to tithe. Don't forget to continue to support the Ebenezer campaign. Uh, we got all that good stuff happening as well. Check uh, that website out if you need any more information on any of that. Jesse, yep. am I missing anything? Uh, I don't think so. The only thing I would say is uh, this is a perfect opportunity. If you have been waiting to come back physically, please join us Absolutely. on Easter Sunday. Yep. But if you're still not comfortable, it will be streaming online. Yeah, so, so we got you covered either way. If you're good with it, uh, join us. If not, that's cool. Yep, exactly. So hopefully we'll see you on uh, Thursday and Friday and Wednesday and Easter. Love your face. Love your face. You see how good I hit that exit? That was impressive. I'm down with it.